Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today, and happy Valentine's Day. Here we are. It is already Monday, February 14th. Great show for you. Patrick's going to join me in just a minute, and then the Monday afternoon mix is going to be an extended version today. I'm excited about that. And then Tony Scott's going to join me. He wrote a book called One Plus One Equals One, The World's Greatest Love Relationship Equation. That's what is scheduled for today. I hope you had a nice weekend. Maybe you had some relaxation. Maybe you watched some game that was on yesterday. But it's nice to be uh, have it be the start of a new week. I love Mondays. Patrick is not only a friend, but he is a, uh, uh, a colleague of mine, a guy that I've known for 30 years. And he is a comedian and a magician and a, a TV, um, would you call yourself, Patrick, a, a TV TV watcher. TV watcher. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going the other direction. I was going TV personality because you've been on TV a lot. Um, but you also, yes. yeah, you also yeah. have done a lot of radio. And it's, um, I always like starting on a little bit of a lighter note, just kind of ease into the week. Yes. Uh, that was the, you know, when you're doing the extended version what do you, uh, of, of the Monday afternoon uh, mix. Monday afternoon mix. And by, by the way, I think whenever you say extended version, it should always be extended dance version. <laughs> yeah. Remember, that, that's the, you know, they would take a song that was kind of catchy and they'd you know, maybe it would be a band and they would say, you know, we really don't have anything new. So let's just take our one hit song. Yeah. And let's just double it in length and we'll call it the extended dance version for people to dance to. Yeah. So you now have the extended dance version of the uh, yeah, of my introduction today, apparently, as yeah, well. Yeah. So I was yeah. reading, you know, this is the day where you open up the, the uh, Song of Solomon and read some of that, and you go, whoa, there's some steamy stuff in that uh, book of the Bible. Yeah, uh, oh, you mean because it's Valentine's Day? It's Valentine's Day, yeah. Right. So yeah. you do the, you know, I, I thought, this morning, I thought that my car had been stolen at the gym. I came out, and I couldn't find it. And uh, I, I almost stumbled over it. It was clean. Apparently, at about midnight, my <laughs> wife took it out as a gift and had it washed. <laughs> I, I was like, "Oh no, my car has been stolen!" So there was that was my Valentine's. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, my car uh, today had about seven deer licking it. I'm thinking they must think it's a gigantic salt lick. Well, yeah, it's all that road salt. It's so it's dirty. Accumulated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is great. It's a uh, what flavor are you getting over there on that side? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking tonight maybe a a a nice dinner for two, but I don't know if I'm hungry enough to eat two dinners. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm reading Song of yeah, Solomon, reading, and and she's yeah. describing uh, her lover. My beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among ten thousand. His head is the finest gold. His locks are wavy, black as a raven. His eyes are like doves beside streams of water bathed in milk, sitting beside a full pool. I, wow. Would your wife describe you this way? No, I mean, I, you know, I, on, I think if that thing, that would have a picture of um, 
of, uh, you know, who, who is the guy like in the Harlequin romance <laughs> covers all the time. <laughs> it sounds guy? like that guy. His cheeks are like beds of spices, mounds of sweet smelling herbs. His lips are lilies, dripping liquid myrrh. His arms are rods of golden set with jewels. His body is polished ivory bedecked with sapphires. His legs are yeah, alabaster yeah. columns set on bases of gold. Right, right, right. Uh, it, it, I mean, whatever it is, you know, the, the guy, that's his name's probably Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> or some Italian name. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's, wow. that's there's the Bible. Yep. Well, uh, somebody learned how to use adjectives, I guess. Yeah. And the descriptor, <laughs> those in, adverbs? This, the descriptor yeah. in this is yeah. the bride praises her beloved. There you go. Wow. That's um, uh, she had studied him well. This was <laughs> this was this was more than an art class. Yeah, where you had to draw somebody. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't uh, want to talk about the game, but I know you watched it, and I I did tune in for I most of did. it. Did and pretty exciting game, I would say. I, it was fun. I, I it, it was hard to outdo all of those playoff games, and and I guess this one was a nail biter. It was one in the last two minutes yeah. as well. I, I maybe we're just already so used to. Uh, the game going to the last two minutes. Remember they used to say that about basketball? Just watch the, just tune in to watch the overtime, basically, right. you know. And uh, I think every playoff game went this way, uh, so maybe we expected it to go that way. I, I, you know, I mean, you, Matthew Stafford, I don't know. I, I really like J- Joe Burrow, but Matthew Stafford, you know, stuck in Detroit for all those years, you know, mm-hmm. which is proof, by the way. He is living proof. Yeah. That you can be you can be locked up for twelve years and still come out and make something out of your life. <laughs> you can still you can still get out. Yeah. Everybody in Detroit now, you know, when he left a year ago, they said, "Oh, that guy, uh, the heck with him." Right? They didn't. They just didn't like Matthew Stafford anymore. But today, everybody in Detroit is a Matthew Stafford fan because this is the closest the Lions will ever get to winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, probably so. But one of their players was on a team. Yeah. 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 So. Going back to Valentine's Day, I know the, oh, yeah. uh, I would say how many performances of Triple Espresso did have you performed? Would you say? Uh, oh my gosh, it's thirty-seven, thirty-eight hundred. Okay, so yeah, you're you're close to probably what I did, and yeah. we always have talked about the power of laughter in relationships. There was a relationship counselor that uh, years and years ago would prescribe couples who were in trouble coming and seeing the show. And he said there were two couples in particular that cited that night as the turnaround in their marriage because they were able to laugh together. And so often you stop laughing together and then you're in trouble. But I got this lovely uh, note uh, regarding a guy who in San Diego uh, mm-hmm. brought his girl, his friend that he had known for a year, and that was their first date. They came and see th- and saw the show in San Diego. And he asked her to be his girlfriend during uh, intermission. And to make a long story tedious, like you always say, uh, they have have now been married 25 years. So she said yes. She said yes. And (laughs) then he came back about six months later and said, I want to propose. And is there any chance we could weave my proposal into the show? And we kind of said, yeah, there's a part of the show we could kind of squeeze it in uh, before we Mm -hmm. kind of start act two. And so he proposed to his... uh, then girlfriend on stage and she said yes and now he uh two kids later wants to come back and see the show with his wife 25 years after that momentous occasion but 
again, where am I going with this story? It's important for people to laugh together. Yeah, and and um, I've seen. I mean, I mean, there are many funny things out there that, but laughter is is, is so infectious. And I have seen that show heal a lot of uh, deep wounds. Um, you know, I've seen. You've had the experience too. Uh, that what laughter can do uh, with somebody who, you know, I, I still remember a guy I brought up on stage once. I had no, I, you know, he was, I just know he was very, very old. It <laughs> took him a while to get to this stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I was committed. I had called on him and uh, he, he waddled on up. And uh, so after the show, there are people approaching me in somewhat of a hurry, which always puts the alarm bells up, right? <laughs> but, uh, that was their dad. They were all crying. Mm. They said, well, you know, dad was, uh, dad's 93. Oh, wow. I said, I, yeah, I kind of figured that after I had chosen him. And, um, you know, he and mom were married for 71 years, uh, and she passed away six months ago. And that's the first time we've seen him smile since. Uh, and it was laughter that did it. Yeah. It was laughter that, 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 that brought him out and, yeah. and then hopefully, you know, pleasant memories of, of, his bride, uh, thinking, probably thinking about her, how much she would enjoy it too. And so I've seen that. I've, I've seen the relationships that start. You and I have seen generations of people come, mm -hmm. you know, people yeah. come, they bring their kids. And then later those kids bring their kids and you think I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then scripture says a merry heart is like good medicine. I remember in, uh, Sarasota, Florida, one night there, a woman came up to me and she said that, uh, she was 87, and she said, my daughter um, went through a difficult divorce and was very sad. And she, sa she said, today was the first time in 13 years I've seen her laugh and smile. And she said, you don't know what a gift that is to this 87-year-old mother. So Okay, so now, and I will, I'm going to speak on your behalf, uh, because it's not something you, you're comfortable doing. But uh, if, so I don't know if people know this part of the, the triple espresso story, but that was written with the hopes that it would act as a ministry absolutely. for the three of you. No, absolutely, yeah. And I don't know if people know that. And, and the three of you said, is there a way to bring ministry and healing to people through laughter? And, and maybe in the process, introduce them to, to the good word. Now, there's nothing that was in the show that was preachy about it, but the number of people that did get introduced to Christ through that show, a lot of them that ended up working for you and offshoots of those people mm -hmm. was because of, of the ministry that you set up that was a show. Yeah. There are so many ways that you can actually do ministry, and that's just an example of it, which yeah. you know, I, I just love to point that out because people think they have to do that fishing trip to Tahiti or however right. that goes. Right. Right. That one sounds actually pretty good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right, you know I'm yeah. uncomfortable talking about me, so let's go to break. When we come back, uh, we will continue to uh, talk to Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, confirming with the flowers, consulting with the rain. 
and my head. I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome back to the show. Love is in the air, of course. It is Valentine's Day. My friend Patrick Albanese is with me as we get our week started. Uh, Patrick, it's um, uh, always great to, you know, to reminisce. I always think it's uh, uh, sweet to think of things that God has done in the lives of people when you look back mm-hmm. and see the, 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 the handprint of God, you know, and sometimes it's, it's really helpful to remind each other of those moments where you think, I do remember that. And that was, uh, that was clearly God at work in, in that person's life. And that's always, always kind of builds me up, builds up the body, I think. I think so too. I think it's, it's, uh, always the thing that gives me hope in any present moment that I, I have no idea what God is doing at that moment. You know, I, I always talk about, I'm, I'm, I'm better at the forensics of situations. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a good prognosticator. I, I, I can't look at exactly what's happening at this moment and say, oh, I think this is what God might be doing. But I'm really good at looking back and saying, oh, there it is right there. It was right in front of me. And, uh, uh, yeah, sometimes I, I I wish I were better at, you know, having the faith that, you know, he's there, you know, I struggle, you know, there are times when things can be pretty rough that I struggle, but this is a good reminder. It's like, Hey, you know, it's, it, he's always been there. So be patient and, and, and look for the, look for, he's probably giving you a path out. Yeah. You probably, probably right there in front of you. Yeah, you just have to stop and pause and and listen and look and talk to people. And sometimes you're going to have a friend say something that's going to make it click in your head right away. You're going to go, oh, of course. How did I forget that? How did I forget that? I think it's easy to forget the obvious. It Uh, is. I think you, you just get so caught up in... And well, you, you know, the old classic, if you, if you're struggling, that sometimes the best thing you can do is help somebody else. And I, I just am stunned at the number of times that that has worked to get me out of my own you know, self-inflicted in a way, uh, you know, woe is me attitude about a, a situation, help somebody move. Well, maybe not that one, maybe a quick drive <laughs> to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? And, yeah. and you come out of it and you think, how did that, why did that work? It's because it took me away from me. It took me, I'm, and I, I often wonder, you know, people often want God to, you know, give me the answer, but they've got that door closed so tightly, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's uh, God's, he's right there. He's just outside that door and, and the door opens in. You yeah. can't, if you're pushing on it, the door opens in, um, you know, you, you gotta maybe get out of your own head uh, and maybe the best way to do that is by helping somebody else. And then suddenly that door opens and the answer is there. I yeah. Think it's, well, we had chatted, uh, I think it was last week a little bit, about a couple of things that we would talk about on the radio this week. And one was how great it is to literally sit down with a book and turn pages and be focused and concentrate uh, because consuming online content makes us feel like we're learning but 90% of the time, the content is maybe unreliable. It might be small talk. It might be, you know, uh, clickbait. Uh, and we're filling our heads with, with um, static and noise. And it's, 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 uh, we think we're getting smarter, but we're not. Yeah. And, and all we're doing is filling our, our heads with just more data that uh, it's trivia. 
a lot of it's trivia. You know, I'm, I think we've all known people. I, I knew a guy growing up that uh, had just this remarkable ability to absorb trivia, but could barely tie his own shoes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, I mean, he graduated from Northwestern University in under three years. Just a brilliant, brilliant guy and completely unable to hold down jobs because he was so busy absorbing minutia. Wow. And the minutia would take over his his brain, and it, and it, but he, and he he was so good at it, he just he could absorb it all, but he couldn't focus on a job. Yeah, I think there was a someone that made a comment that prior to the internet, they treated they thought of themselves as scuba divers. They could go deep, but now since the internet, they think of themselves as on a jet ski all the time. They're just skimming the surface and going from story to story to story. Yeah. And, and the view is not that much different up there. No. But down below, where all the deep stuff is. is that's where, where it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying that's to... Right that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Then the other like thing a lot. we chatted about were, and we I read this online because you sent it to me, but that our, our, opinion, our opinions are really like bricks and they're all sort of supporting each other. And so if we change any yes. kind of belief, it means we could tear down all of our beliefs and, yes. and if that if that entire pile comes tumbling down, it's going to be really hard to bear. So people rarely let that first brick budge. And I think of helping religious people come to faith in Christ. That they're so um, committed to their religious thought process or their religious institution that they have been a part of their whole life. That the idea of having a personal relationship with the living uh, God is... Uh, in a more intimate way, is too disruptive. That is that is so true, and and I'm a, a living example of that because uh, you've known me for so long, and I've known a lot of people that have the same setup uh, as I had. That you say, oh, you know, by coming to faith in Christ, well, what 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 am I going to have to change? What new things am right. I going to have to believe? Uh, what's it going to do with some of my friendships? Uh, am I going to lose some of these friendships? I really like these people. And I remember you were early on on a, a, a nice voice of reason, and you would say, let the Holy Spirit do his work. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just, uh, you know, you, you, you know what you want to do. You can't worry so much about those other things. Let the Holy Spirit do its work. You know, you, you don't have to force your heart to change. The Holy Spirit will change your heart. Right. When, when, when your heart needs changing, you, you have to, you, you'll, it'll happen. Because uh, I was certainly worried about that because, yes, I had a whole life built on these other beliefs and these other uh, ideas that I knew just changing some of these bricks, uh, it comes tumbling down. And the amazing thing is it was perfect. It was, you know, I don't even know why I was so worried. It, it's my heart changed. And I was happy to have a change. Yeah, things like I felt like my eyes opened up. And and you know, for anybody who might be struggling with, you know, what am I going to have to give up? Don't worry about that right now. Yeah, you know, like let them in. You know, but then you think of um, people who are Muslim who think, well, if I came to faith in Christ, I'm my family might never talk to me again. Ooh, so I mean, the, sta the stakes are way higher, of course, for for many. Yeah, but. Um, for many, yeah, they may not fit in with the same group of friends. They may not uh, be accepted. They may be kicked to the curb, so to speak. But let me tell you, that's where all the love is at the curb. 
Right, because there's a lot of other people that got kicked there as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> sort of your support team. Right, and they'll have yeah, open I, arms. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I hung out with a lot of magicians and uh, still do. Yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, and magicians because they practice deception uh, tend to think that they're very very smart, and so they think of everything that is. Uh, beyond explanation as just a trick. And uh, I know quite a few, uh, as I know you do too, that uh, that struggle with faith because they think everything is deception right. because that's what, where their life is. Uh, they spend so much time. And so I remember early on magicians that I knew that were uh, Christians. I, I found them to be such an anomaly. And of course, people talked poorly about them. And then they became my friends. Yeah, and I said, "Oh my God, they've really, they really do have it figured out." Yeah, they yeah. really do. Yeah, and the other one that yeah. we chatted about briefly was how, oftentimes, news uh, stories and particular commentaries, they're almost like uh, products that are following certain market pressures. I mean, so if a story fits a particular uh, lane, uh, fits a, a a strong consumer demand the more likely that that story has been uh, crafted for that particular audience. And and then mm-hmm. maybe you have to question it more or even trust it less. And I think we see that sometimes the way they, they as they, in the business, they say they bury the lead. You know, a headline will say something, and by the time you finish the article, you realize that the headline was inaccurate. Um, and you think, well, why did they put that headline up there. They did it to grab my attention and they know that some people never read past that, but uh, they were just trying to hit a button, they hit a button and the, the headline grabs you and it, and you say, ah, there we go. Aha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, always good to talk to you and it's, uh, always yeah. fun to, to catch up on Mondays and get the week started on a nice, uh, lighter note. So thank you for uh, always being such a faithful friend and always coming on and helping me get my week started. It's always really nice. Oh. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Any parting thoughts before we leave? Oh, gosh, yes. It's uh, Today is Valentine's Day, correct? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I the other day I, I made dinner for the kids. as my Valentine's dinner. I did the the pigs in a blanket, we call them, okay. uh, where you take the Pillsbury Crescent Roll, you wrap it in a hot dog, and you bake the whole thing. And I've discovered that the genius behind Pillsbury Crescent Rolls is that by the time you get that container open— the oven is already preheated. <laughs> yeah, that's some good thinking. 12 minutes. Yeah. It takes 12 minutes. That's perfect. <laughs> well, have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Yeah. Patrick Albanese has been my guest and opening uh, guest today on this uh, Monday, February 14th. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to have an extended version of the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles, Rosie B., and a very special guest. That's all. Coming up next.
is the time for the Monday afternoon mix. It is. Oh, That's yeah. My most oh, yes. elongated thing I've ever done on the show. <laughs> yes. I kind of liked it, though. Did you? I love the I did. jazz. Oh, yeah. The jazz is good. Yeah. Don't turn it off yet. I know. I'm, I'm still listening. Can I pot it up just a little pot bit it more? Pot a little. Yeah. Yes. Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Love is in the air. All right. There we go. There welcome, we go. We're welcome done. to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles is here, of course, and Rosie B. And we have got a very special guest in studio. Yes, we do. We have both Marcus and Jeanette Rupert with us. And, uh, man, I have to tell you, I'm super excited about this and just the ways that God works. And um, Jeanette, I'll have her share a little bit about her story because it's really, really cool. But I have to say, what happened was I was at a Minnesota Vikings game. wasn't a Super Bowl one. Mm. Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah, wah. But uh, they were recognizing a hometown hero. And uh, Jeanette was that person. And there's just something, you guys, just something very sweet and very just anointed about this person. Because when, when she was, um, when they were talking with her, I turned to my wife, I turned to Tammy, and I said, That's, she's a Christ follower. Hmm. I just something you about it. You didn't know for sure. Mm-hmm. It just no. instinct. Mm-hmm. Never met. And so we had a mutual friend, Dan Dugan, who's up in Moorhead, didn't want to come down because of a blizzard. So he gave us tickets to this almost 70,000 people uh, event and so we're sitting there, and next thing I know, there's a gentleman who comes down who's a Hennepin County Sheriff, and this person gets up and walks over and hugs him. And I said, "Babe, that's that that gal Jeanette, three rows in front of us, really crazy in the section." So mm-hmm. afterwards, the Lord's like, "You need to go talk to her." So I went down and I just said. Are you a follower of Jesus? She's like, yes. Why do you ask? <laughs> was that really Jeanette? Was that his first word? Are you a follower of Jesus? Yeah. It, wow. It, I was. I was surprised that he, mm-hmm. he, you know, picked that up in a crowd of seventy thousand. I love your boldness too, David. Yeah, I think that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. I don't know. I think you know, um, it's it's kind of like the passage we're going to kind of do a throwback to okay. today, which is Matthew chapter five on on being salt and light. But also Second Corinthians two thirteen and fourteen, when it talks about how uh, we're the aroma of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, the aroma of life to those who are being saved, and so, so this unique way that Jesus lives inside of us, you know, that our religion is not just kind of like great moral foundations, but Jesus really wants to have a personal relationship and live inside of us, and that's the thing that the Lord was showing me, which in that's life. I like it. Well, I can't wait to hear the story. So how do we set this up, David? I think it would be a huge blessing for people to hear a little bit. Well, I agree, but how do we set the story up before we let Jeanette tell it? I'm going to let you do that because you're so good at that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm just going to step in at this point. What do you think, Jeanette? For goodness sakes. No, Bill, go. You go with it. Well, I, oh, right, Jeanette. Thank you for being here, for, for Thank starters. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, I'm, and David is was so moved, and he told me about the story, and I, I'm just excited to hear it. So maybe you would tell our listeners exactly this story that David's been talking about. All right. Well, I just a little bit about myself. Um, well, to all the listeners, thank you for listening in. And my name is Reverend Jeanette Rupert. I'm a licensed minister as well as an ICU nurse. And happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there who are celebrating or thinking about loved ones that you are um, have are with right now or loved ones that have gone on and, and that you love and are holding dear to your heart. And 
Happy Valentine's Day to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's my first Valentine, even though to my left is my main <laughs> squeeze right here. Uh, we call him Rupalicious. <laughs> uh, Marcus Rupert, Reverend Marcus Rupert. But uh, yeah, that's um, thank you for being here with me, babe. But yeah, so uh, I so I'm by vocation as both a licensed minister and a licensed nurse. I work in the ICU. I felt called to transition from orthopedics to the ICU when the pandemic first hit. You know, the unknowns. We didn't know what was happening. We didn't know anything about what was going on in our world. But I know that the Lord had called me and told me it was time to go. So I looked at my husband like, okay, I'm going to go. And I was asked to be uh, to work in the ICU. So I went. And in this journey of working in the front on the front lines and working in the ICU, I'm always cognitive of the fact that God can use us in any way that he so chooses Mm. And my life, I've, I've have a lot of, I mean, nursing is my fourth career. So I have had, uh, you know, degrees and careers in many different vocations, early childhood, working with special needs adults, I, uh, youth ministry, that's where my, my husband, my, our pride and joy are the youth. I've done, I've degree in sign language and, and so many different things. I started out in communications and theater. I was, a, you know, did stuff at the Children's Theater, Penumbra Theater growing up. So just wide variety of things in my life uh, t- taught. So when I see these different things in my life and I look and I'm like, man, Lord, I am so random. <laughs> like, God, I'm the most random person ever. Like, you're like, who are you? What do you do? It's like, well, I'm a mom. I'm you know, I've got four kids and a husband. Um, shout out to my kids. I've got a son in college and uh, teenagers at home. So blessings to those parents who are raising teenagers. It takes a special person in your heart to have love for three teenage daughters <laughs> and our college son. So um, I feel your pain, all your parents out there. But um, yeah, so you know, you're learning about all these things about your life and and then you get to a point where you're like, Lord, I just don't know why you had me go through this experience. I don't know why I, you know, was in Budapest, Hungary, why I studied nursing in China, why I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on why I grew up on 38th Street, a uh, block and a half from where George Floyd was murdered, why I, you know, all these things. I worked with special needs adults. Why do I have a degree in sign language? Why? I, just so random, right? And, um, and the Lord has made it clear to me what man may see as random. God has divine for purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm. A great man once told me by the name of uh, pastor Ted Austin, who is also my father. He said, pay attention to your experiences, mm. pay attention to your experiences because your experiences is what's going to launch you and propel, propel you for purpose and whatever God has for you. So I'm working, punching in on the clock, 1900 at 7 p.m. And about 7.45 p.m., about 45 minutes after I've been in work, there's a phone call that comes to the desk and saying the charge nurse from my former floor, orthopedics, is, uh, you know, asking for you. So I finished up with some patient care, called back, and she said, hey, Jeanette, I know this seems odd and random, but <laughs> I I have a patient here in a family and they have a request and I don't know if 
are able to help. But um, this patient is dying, and he's dying of COVID. And they asked for a um, a black pastor to come and, and pray over them. And our chaplain staff, we looked, and we don't have any chaplains of color that are on tonight. And we didn't know you know, what to do. And so we told them, I'm sorry, we didn't have any chaplains of color. And and so, you know, I thought, she goes, my brain just, it popped in my mind. You know what, Jeanette, I think, Jeanette, <laughs> you know, Jeanette worked on this floor and I think she's, you know, I'm pretty sure she's like, I didn't know what to call it, you know, but I think she's like in the ministry and licensed <laughs> and, and I wonder if she's working tonight. So she, sure enough, she checked and I was working and she said, would you would you be okay with coming up and, and being with his family as he's transitioning? And I said, absolutely, absolutely. So I, God worked it out. We had an extra nurse on board that could cover my patients. And by the time I got up there, the family had already left. But they left knowing, uh, confident that God heard them. Mm. He heard them. And not that it matters if you're, you know, black or white or Asian or the the race. It wasn't about that. It was about that. They had a desire, and God met them where they're at. So I, you know, I walked in, and over to them, usually, you know, people are in and they're out. But I walked in there, and I, um, you know, I had my um, oil, my blessed oil on me, and I was able to anoint his body for burial, just mm-hmm. anoint his body to transition and just pray over him. And I walked in there, and he's hyperventilating, a little nervous, anxious, and just to be able to hold his hand and say, God heard you. God heard you because I'm here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm here, but I know God has divine purpose for me to be scheduled at this day, at this time mm-hmm. to be with you. So um, prayed and began to um, feel the presence of the Lord and ushered in a song and his breathing just slowed. And you could just see the yeah. presence of God fill that room. And God showed up for that gentleman. I'd never met him before in my life, but I'm telling you that. Whatever seems random in your life, know that God has ordained it for purpose. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I was both reverend and nurse, and I I facilitated that so many times. And so I was just thankful that I was able to um, be used however God needed. And right there, that, that gentleman needed to know that God was there with him as he was preparing to leave this earth to, to go to glory. Mm. Wow. Great story. I, I love it. There is nothing inconsequential in God's economy. Mm-mm. No. You were there that night. Your nurse that you used to work with in orthopedics mm-hmm. got a, an idea in her mind that even though there wasn't an African-American uh, chap, chaplain on call that night working, that you m- might be there, might be available, and were completely willing and said yes. Yeah. And there was another person there to be able to cover her mm-hmm. patients right, of course. so that she could be released. And, you know, that beautiful thing that God cares about the details and, uh, you know, and sometimes he'll even ask us to do things where we're thinking, you know, wow, that seems kind of like a, a strange request. And, you know, Jenna and I were talking and I remember one time the Lord laid on my heart to ask a question to a friend of mine in college as we were kind of talking through the gospel and stuff. And I, th- I was kind of like, this is a weird question. So I asked it and the person's eyes got really, really big. And I'm like, what in the world? And they said, I had just asked God that if mm-hmm. you would, re- if you're real, have David ask me this question, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's such a powerful thing. What's super cool though, is that, you know, Jeanette's a, an IC, 
ICU, uh, ICU room nurse. And, you know, sometimes when we think about nursing, there's different shows that we've seen. And one of the shows that's well known is the show MASH, you know, the old <laughs> military MASH show. But there's something really neat that I didn't know about, and this is actually how I met Jeanette, was something called 612 MASH, and it's something that God laid on Jeanette's heart. And I think when we come back from the break sometime, that the listeners will absolutely love hearing about it. 612 MASH, I don't know what that means. I'm curious to find out. Is it maybe we can turn it into a TV show? Maybe. I mean, the first MASH was a hit, as far as I remember. And we, well, as long as we can have one character named Rupalicious. Rupalicious. <laughs> yeah. All right, you're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Our special guest, Jeanette Rupert, is here with us, and Rupalicious is here, too. So there you go. How nice is that for Valentine's Day? We'll be right back. I'm feeling it. Good, good, good. Hey. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles, or PDM, as we like to think of him and call him, and Rosie B. We are hosting a lovely uh, couple today here in studio, Jeanette and Rupalicious. Yes. Rupalicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've even, I've, I'm at the point, it's Marcus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you say Rupalicious enough time, you forget his real name. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the longest time, because he went by his last name playing football, so Rupert was his last name. Yeah. Most of his friends did not know his first name was Marcus. And so, um, hello, babe. Hello. I think I just turned on his mic because when yes. you talk about someone so much with such a fabulous name, just say hello. Marcus, you just have to say hello. Hey, how, how is everyone doing? So how did you get Rupalicious? So funny story. So I played football. At Concordia St. Paul in Minnesota, uh, St. Paul. And while I played football, um, during training camp years ago, a long time ago, went to Fergus Falls, Falls, Minnesota for training camp. And with their training camp, we stepped on the floor at the gym, had three practices a day. And during that time of year, Fergus Falls had a city town hall carnival. And during the carnival, I started singing on stage. And my football team called me Rupalicious. So that's how I got the name Rupalicious. I like it. Now, All he right. wasn't just singing. He was singing Boys to Men. Boys to Men. He's like, can I sing the Santa Key to you? He was like, I wasn't sure. You can sing it, but watch my ratings punch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. Right. That's a long time ago. A long time ago. Praise him. So, so what's so sweet about this is, you know, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount and we wanted to do a throwback uh, because God's word is so good. You just, you got to just, you got to eat it. You got to just savor it. It Mm. is, you know, taste Mm -hmm. and see that the Lord is good. And in, in Matthew chapter five, verse 13, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. 
But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And, you know, it's really neat because meeting Jeanette at the Minnesota Vikings game where she was awarded the hometown hero, there were other things. You know, Daisy Award winner, the 2020 Wilbur Thomas Community Service Award winner, Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal's First Healthcare Heroes Award uh, inaugural ACHP Bernard Tyson National Health Equity, Minnesota Twins Healthcare Worker Honoree, the 2021 Major League Baseball and Fanatics Grand Winner for Frontline Healthcare Workers. Crazy. And, and, and so much more. And then there's all the things that the audience of one, her daddy in heaven, sees, and those mm. things causing praise. So as she lifted up, as they were like trying to honor her, there was that spirit of the Lord that I saw in the field as she pointed to him. Mm. And so, you know, that is something that's so sweet. Now, notice something that's not in Matthew uh, five thirteen through 16. It doesn't say you are the salt of the earth if you're a pastor on, or now. that you're the light of the world if you're a missionary. Well, now you can be those things. But listen, as a nurse as a homemaker, as an accountant, as a college student, as a 10th grader who was named Lance Porter, who walked up to my locker in 1986 mm. and didn't know that I failed a suicide attempt and invited me to a thing called Student Venture. And that's the only reason why you're hearing my voice. It wasn't a pastor. It was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. And how God can use any of us with it, what you say, uh, Jeanette, with our seemingly randomness. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, to do that. So, you know, I like I like good, you know, TV and some things like that. And I remember MASH. But I'm interested about this 612 MASH, Jeanette. Yes. So uh, 612 is the area code for those of you guys don't know, area code of Minneapolis. And MASH stands for Minneapolis All Shall Heal. And 612 MASH is a 501c3 nonprofit that came about out of the uprise. So when Minneapolis had uh, the uprise during the uh, during the time of um, the murder of George Floyd back in May 2020, you know, community got together. And the powerful thing was to see how community believers, everyone just came and and helped one another. Sometimes in hard times, you see that, like the ugliness of people, but we really saw people come together. Mm-hmm. And someone said, hey, I have a tent, you know, let's throw up a first aid or a medical tent. And uh, and a doctor from uh, Richfield, Minnesota was like, I'm a doctor. It's actually the person who had a tent. She's like, I'm not I'm not medical. Her name is Kia Bible. Bible, yeah. yeah. Wow. B-I-B-L-E. yeah. <laughs> show me show me some clues, Lord. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I know. It would be more obvious than that. Yeah, right. you know? So I'm like, okay, I see you, Jesus. All right, I, I feel you. So my sister came up to me and you know, there's I grew up household of seven. I'm the oldest of six children from my parents, both my parents. Um, one of our our sisters grew up in Chicago, but my um my dad always taught us not only to pay attention to experiences, but that God has given each and every one of you gifts, mm. and your mm. gifts are for his glory. And so 
my sister came to me and she said, Jeanette, you know, there's a medical tent. I think you can help. So this happened a block and a half from where my parents live and where my brother's house is. Like, we're talking random, right? So we're just, <laughs> you know, like, okay, Lord, divine appointment. We're here. We're stationed here. Went over to the tent. How can I help? One minute turned to one hour, turned to three days, weeks, months. They're serving there and serving in the hospital, serving the community, uh, being that, uh, providing not only just first aid and uh, medical care, but also providing, you know, mutual aid to, you know, the grocery stores were were burnt up and people didn't have access. So my siblings would drive way out to the to wherever they could, you know, an hour away to get water and supplies and whatever people needed. So, so after the things started to calm down, we, we saw a need. You know, Kia Bible and Dr. K were like, you know what, you know, there is a need, and I know the health disparities in the black and brown uh, communities. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, Lord. You want us to bridge the gap. And so being there for people, providing, um, you know, Minneapolis all shall heal and provide that healing. So now we're in the process of launching our clinic coming up in 2022. So God Sweet. is good. He's doing things. Yes. So, so the little tent is turning into a clinic? The little tent. The tent. It went from a tent to a medical bus to a med shed uh, to a clinic. I've had, um, since the uprise, I've had nursing students when the hospitals were closed and nursing students couldn't get their clinicals done. I said, come, come follow me. They can come here. And nursing students from several different uh, metro sta- uh, metropolitan universities would come and bring their students and they would be able to provide care to, you know, people of color and people in those communities that have been overlooked and have been um, a product of or a victim of, you know, these this healthcare disparities that we're trying to bridge those gaps and close those gaps. Hmm. That's like practical, on the spot, doing what God has trained you to do. Beauty. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's so sweet that I love hearing this too, is conversations that I've had with people, getting to know leaders and business owners and, and people in church and asking questions like, so tell me a little bit about your spiritual journey and hearing things like, you know what, there was something I saw in my manager and I couldn't explain what it was but I was going through this hard time and they reached out to me and I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, it was my manager who led me to Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so what is it for a college student who wants to go into nursing and needs to do clinicals and can't do it, but shows up at a place called 612 MASH and Mm -hmm. hears the story Mm -hmm. and God begins to move in their heart that, yeah, I want to use your healing hands, but I want to use your healing heart and healing spirit in Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Jeanette, how busy did the tent get? Oh, all, I mean, 24-7. Really? No, I so mean, you, it, yeah. was, it was, and it was scary. I mean, there were, during the, the thick of it, I mean, there were, um, you know, I mean, gunshots uh, heard. There were, uh, you know, there's also joy and celebration in the streets. And so we've mm-hmm. got... Volatile. You know, it, was, it was everything. Yeah. Uh, everything. You never knew what to expect. Yeah. So it was, but it was great. We'd have single moms coming in. You'd have parents coming in, people with simple injuries. And some mm-hmm. people just uh, came in with so questions. So ex- explain to me how you would uh, do like a long 10, 11 hour work shift. And then you would find energy to go do this. You know, it was, tw- yeah, 12 hours okay. <laughs> in the yeah. middle of a, a pandemic. Yeah, and I assume the shifts are not yeah, yeah. five hours. I'm sure they're like, Absolutely. what, 12? Yeah, yeah, it's 12. And, you know, the Lord showed me uh, where he had called me to, you know, it's more than one pandemic. You know, that there's mm-hmm. uh, the, 
the, there's a people that there's a need, there's a hunger um, for healing, not just in the hospitals, but healing in our city and in our community. And Minneapolis All Shell Heal is just, you know, the appropriate name. But yeah, I would work all night, night shift in the ICU, get off, head over to the inner city and, and work and volunteer. Um, one, one day I was on my way just getting off work and I showed up to the inner city and to our tent and there were flames. Someone had hmm. set the tent on fire, medical tent. Wow. And we've had so much adversity, but it never stopped us. I'm like, who would, who would set up a set light a tent, a tent on, on fire, fire a mm-hmm. medical tent? But it just shows that there are people out there who didn't, um, their hearts were just so angry and mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah. But God has, you know, been glorified throughout all of this. And here we are about to open up a clinic to help serve the people in the community. Yeah, yeah. great story. All right, I think we're going to need to take our little uh, top-of-the-hour break here, but I think there's still more to discuss. I think so. Uh, I think so. Jeanette Rupert and her husband, um, Marco. Rupalicious. <laughs> Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> Rupalicious is here. That's all I want to say. Don't stick with your family. Don't see me. They're going to yes. They're here in studio. Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. We're going to continue a little extended version of the Monday Afternoon Mix in just a little bit. Thank you for uh, listening, and I hope you're having a great day. It's always great to be with you. If you uh, listen in the evening, thank you for doing that, going to the podcast and listening to MyFaithRadio.com. I always hope and pray that my voice is a natural sleep aid. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.